This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back, everyone, uh, to the Richard Blackbee Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host. Uh, and it's my pleasure, as always, to be joined by Richard Blackaby. It's good to see you. Good to see you, t- uh, Sam. I just flew in from Dallas this morning. And yeah, you've been on the road a bit more uh, yeah. as your travel schedule has picked up. So uh, having to get used to travel in the time of COVID, how's that been? Uh, boy, uh, masked. That's a, yeah. <laughs> all these people are behind masks. But uh, Yeah, which, you yeah. know, I think wearing a mask in the airport and on a plane, that's... That's probably a good idea yeah, anyways. Not, I don't have really a problem with that. It's just that you, you breathe through it for very long yeah. in the airport, on the plane, and on your it way. It gets uncomfortable, it's, for it's sure. Having to breathe harder. But yeah, what you, whatever you have to do, try to get this thing all stamped out and under control. So Good, good. Well, we're glad to have you back. And uh, a couple of... Uh, I guess housekeeping things that we've got before we dive into Carrie's today's... got you housekeeping now? <laughs> yeah, obviously. I do all the vacuuming. Uh, but that aside, uh, we uh, I put together a list. Uh, you know, we on on the podcast we talk a lot about uh, books, and and uh, obviously we do book reviews. Today's podcast actually uh, is going to be a book review. Um, but uh, Richard, you've t- taken us through lots of different uh, biographies, mm-hmm. and uh, we just we we often talk about uh, books and the importance of reading. And uh, even the guests that we've had on the podcast have uh, have been authors, and, and we talk about their new books or upcoming books. And so I thought it would be good to centralize all the books that we've talked about on this podcast. And so what I've done is I've created basically a storefront uh, through bookshop.org. And you can access this, bookshop.org forward slash shop slash RBLP for Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. And you can see the storefront. And I've got three lists. I've got book reviews, I've got biographies, and then I have guests' books, so the uh, authors that we've had on the podcast. And yeah. so it's just a nice, uh, a nice way to see all the books that we've talked about. You know, maybe you've, you've listened um, to the podcast for a while, and you think, oh, you know, there was a book that he mentioned a few episodes ago, and I can't remember what it was now. This will be a place where you can just go, you can browse all that. You don't have to buy through this website, if you prefer to shop elsewhere, that's fine. This is just, it can be used as a, just sort of a repository of all the titles and the books that we've talked about. Uh, if you do buy through the, um, through our bookshop, we do get a, a small commission. There's a little bit of an affiliate thing there. And so just be aware of that uh, if you do uh, choose to purchase through there. But I love having just a, one place where I can go and look at all yeah, the different. Yeah, it looks really sharp too. Look at all yeah. the different books that uh, that we've talked about. So, all that out of, out of the way. And uh, speaking of books, uh, and, and I'll leave links to all this uh, in the show notes as well, so you won't have to remember those obscure URLs. Yeah. But uh, speaking of books and book reviews, today we're doing a book review. And uh, I like this because uh, it's all about uh, communication, and we'll mm-hmm. get into the specifics of it. Uh, but I think we've said many times on this podcast how important communication is for uh, any leader uh, of anything. And so I think... Um, Although this is a specific public speaking, I think there are many uh, are going to be many good takeaways for anyone who just needs to up their communication game. And so, uh, with that, Richard, tell us what we're what book we're looking at today. Yeah, I, I thought that we would look. I just recently read a book that was recommended to me by my oldest son Mike. Uh, on uh, is it written by Chris Anderson? 
And it's uh, called TED Talks, the official TED Guide to Public Speaking. And so I think most yeah. of you are familiar with TED Talks. Uh, they've really developed it into quite a science. Of they really have. And I, I've, I've, I've listened to some sort of behind-the-scenes stuff with those who have been able to give a TED Talk. And it, it, it's pretty serious, like oh, yeah. what they expect yeah. of the speaker. Yeah, it is. And, uh, it, I mean, it started out as just an annual conference, and a couple hundred people would come, and there'd be a, a variety of talks. And uh, originally it was a little bit longer, too, that you could speak. And, uh, and then uh, Chris Anderson took over, I guess now, maybe about 20 years ago, but um, it, they honed it down ultimately to really a sweet spot of 18-minute talks. And it uh, could be on a wide range of things. Uh, their whole, whole point basically is uh, ideas worth spreading. They, they, yeah. it's, it's not so much uh, about just speaking well. It's about communicating ideas well and, and using speech, obviously, to do that. But, um, and, uh, and then a few years ago, they... Uh, they started putting their talks online, and so now there's, I think they said they have over a thousand talks that have had at least a million views, if you can imagine. Wow. Um, and uh, they're, interestingly, uh, Sir Ken Robinson has given a couple of TED Talks over the years, and he, at this point, last I checked anyway, <laughs> holds the record uh, for being the most popular speaker um, and uh, I think uh, I, I noticed that his uh, most famous talk had, had something over 67 million views on, on their, wow. the TED site. So, so they really have it down to a science. They've studied everything from uh, whether you should memorize your talk, whether you should use a podium, what you should wear, uh, what kind of illustrations, how to use PowerPoint, and so on. And so whether you're a, a pastor that preaches, uh, your sermons will be a little bit different than this, but certainly a lot you could learn, uh, a lot that would inform your speaking. Uh, and then if you're, what, what, uh, what Anderson says is that if you're a leader, you've got to be able to communicate ideas. And so even though we kind of think, well, with social media and technology and so on, uh, the giving a speech seems a little bit archaic. You yeah. Know, uh, it seems so formal too. Yeah. But but they would say that now more than ever, you've got to be able as a leader to communicate well. And of course, if you're a parent, you've got to learn. You could say what you want to say to your teenage child and have them going off in a huff to their room, or you could say the same thing in a different way, and it breaks down barriers and they embrace what you're trying to say. It's So much of it is, how do I take this idea and wrap it up and communicate it in a way that is palatable and uh, inspiring? And uh, so that that's kind of why I think it's certainly a worthwhile read uh, for, for any of our listeners that are involved in any way in leadership about how to just take an idea. And, and the, the TED Talk folks believe that ideas move the world. And they have great confidence in the power of ideas mm -hmm. uh, to make the world a better place. And so that's why they'll, they really spread it out, different kinds of ideas on education or the use of humor, or it could be any, uh, they have compelling talks on bacteria and all kinds <laughs> of interesting kind of th bizarre well, topics. Uh, yeah, and I would say just regardless of the topic, um, you know, I think you're at least going to be uh, entertained yeah. Or, or interested yeah. uh, because of how they have designed 
the way that you approach the the topic. And yeah, and it's it, amazing what you can communicate in 18 minutes if you yeah. cut you get you know cut to the chase. And it's brutal. I mean, they really hone it down. Yeah, like, they make you. I mean, they'll look at your manuscript and your ideas. You to, yeah, yeah, and I think you have to and, practice it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. well, why don't you hear some yeah. here's some tips? They've got a you know they've got a reputation now. So yeah, yeah. Um, he says a few things like he says as a leader or an advocate, public speaking is the key to unlocking empathy, stirring excitement, sharing knowledge and insights, and promoting a shared dream. Uh, But what he does say, he says, in fact, he goes on to say, every meaningful element of human progress has happened only because humans have shared ideas with each other and then collaborated to turn those ideas into realities. Uh, And so he says, uh, your number one mission as a speaker is to take something that matters to you and to rebuild it inside the minds of your listeners. Hmm. And uh, there's some, part of what makes this book interesting is that um, that, that you learn a lot about a variety of topics. He'll, he'll mention stuff that has been lectured about or talked about in the course of just giving examples. And so, uh, but, but he, he talks about the fact that uh, they, they would have someone, for instance, maybe telling a story, and they would be mapping out the brainwaves of the speaker while they're telling the story. And so you can kind of see this pattern uh, charted out, graphed out uh, electronically from the speaker. So then they get uh, people, like 10 people, all sitting in a chair. They, they hook them all up with these same wires, and then they play a recording of that story that the guy told. And interestingly enough, all 10 people, their minds, they start to map out the same way, the same patterns mm. as the guy who told the story originally. And so it's, it, it really literally is if, uh, as he says, you're taking what's in your head and you're putting it inside someone else's head. Hmm. And they've got, they're actually experiencing the same brain waves that you were when you told the story. That's crazy. And so it's very powerful. Yeah, this is science of that. Um, he says, uh, you know, you're, his, and, and he says any, the, his central thesis is anyone who has an idea worth sharing is capable of giving a powerful talk. Uh, and of course, a lot of people will say, "Well, I'm not a speaker. I'm, I, I, I get tongue-tied. I, I, I'm not comfortable on, on a stage or whatever else." He does say that style without substance is awful. In other words, what's most important is that you have something to say. You you have an idea that's yeah. worth hearing. And I always tell, I have a lot of people that ask me about writing books, and they'll say, "What is it?" how does a person go about writing a book? And I'll say, well... Well, you just sit down and write it. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> do you have a laptop? Just get typing. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll always say, at least 90% of writing a book is having something to say. If you've got something to say, there's all kinds of editors and ghostwriters and people that can come alongside you to get it out of you, but, but you've got to have something in you to start with. Yeah. And so that's really what Anderson says, is uh, the, the key is... Have you reflected on something? And, and in fact, he, he says, uh, it's kind of interesting, uh, at one point, he, he basically says, if you, can, uh, if you can sit down with friends over dinner and have a conversation, then you can give a talk. Uh, just think about just sitting, looking at some of your friends uh, while you're having dinner, and then you tell them a significant story or event that happened or something you feel passionately about, and, uh, and you just communicate that. And by doing that, he says, if you can, then you can certainly get up on a stage and share just as compassionately and passionately to an audience about what you care about. Yeah, it's you. You, you have to care about it, and then uh, there's there's you can. He says uh, the good news is 
uh, this can be learned. You, you can learn how to give a better talk. Uh, it's, it's simply a skill. It's not an innate, it's not like being able to jump uh, as high as Michael Jordan. Uh, there, it doesn't matter how much you practice. Some people just are never, most people are never going to be able to do that. Now, that doesn't mean you'll be as good of a speaker as some of these speakers are. Yeah. But it is a skill that you can learn. You uh, know, that's such an encouraging uh, point for, for anyone in leadership. And yeah. uh, because I think if, if you can, if you can, you know, if there's one area I feel like of leadership that if, if you could improve upon, it would be communication. Because I, th- I feel like so many things hinge yeah. on good communication. Yeah. And of course, I think at times, uh, part of why we can be so polarized is because we're not communicating well. We're not yeah. sharing ideas in a compelling way. We're, we're launching missiles at each other, but we're not uh, sharing. And he, he's, he has two, two um, sort of metaphors, I think, that are great uh, about speaking. He, he says, one, he describes it as a journey. And he says, basically, a speaker is taking people on a journey with them. Yeah. And he says, whether the journey is one of exploration, explanation, or persuasion, the net result is to have brought the audience to a beautiful new place. And that, too, is a gift. Uh, and the other, the other uh, metaphor or picture that he uses is the idea of a gift. He says, when you're speaking, the speaker needs to give a gift to the people. When, when you're done listening to someone talk, it's as if he's just, he sh- it should be as if that person has just given you a gift. And he says the key principle is to remember that the speaker's job is to give to the audience, not take from them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's had some people that, for instance, uh, and I've, I've, I've had to make talks where um, maybe it was in front of a group of people and we wanted them to donate money to perhaps support our, our ministry, Blackaby Ministries. We rely upon donations. And so I, there's a times where I'm in front of an audience and I've got a few minutes. And so your first thought is, well, what can I say to them so that they want to make donations <laughs> to us? Yeah. Um, but what he would say is, even if that's your purpose, even if you need money you, or, you need, or you're trying to make sales and you're yeah. trying to sell something. If the uh, whole point of your presentation is an ask. Yeah. Then you, that may be ultimately what you want, but he says that every talk there needs to be a gift where you you're giving something to them. If if it's just saying something that they didn't know before that's interesting or helpful, you say something that encourages them. Uh, and a lot of times, uh, what see they won't let you uh, at a TED talk come right out and say uh, you know promote your business or try to you know enlist sales and that kind of thing. But he says millions of dollars have resulted in people that never asked for a dime, but they just gave a gift to the audience. And in the course, they may have made them aware of what they do, but, um, but there's just a difference. And I think we've all had that experience where someone gets up and you know full well all they want is for you to give them what they're looking for. Uh, it, they don't really care about you. They're not giving you anything. It, they, they have their hand out to take. And good speakers find a way to leave a blessing behind. Mm. And I, I, I've experienced that. I've had people even tell me on a, on Sunday at time in church, they'll say, well, Richard, you tell them about what you do or tell them about this need. And I just recoil even against that. I, I, I'll say, well, let me just maybe just give a devotional thought to them or something. Let me, let me give a gift to them. And if that really resonates with them, maybe they'll talk to me further and we can talk about other things, but speaking is a way of, of blessing people. And mm. so he, he goes in then just to a bunch of different 
uh, tools. Uh, for instance, he says things like if you're using a PowerPoint, which really in many ways is a bane of my existence now. It's, <laughs> it used to be that you just had to put a talk together and you, you could write as you're walking up to the podium, you could adjust your notes and which you i'm sure you've never done you're always so on top of <laughs> yeah. it you've never uh, had to change a talk I, I have, you know moments I, before i have literally it. changed my talk as i was walking up to the platform <laughs> and, and decided to say something else but um but now you've got to put a powerpoint together as well and which so, isn't good if you're changing things right as uh, you it, walk it, up. it ties that's why i don't like it you're, <laughs> you're locked in um you, but uh he'll he'll say for instance um if you show a slide, don't put lots of uh, words on a slide. Right. It, you, typically, the, car- it's the cardinal good. sin of. Yeah, and he says if the words on the slide don't say the words, you shouldn't say what they can read because yeah. he says you've already read it uh, yeah. before you, the person said it. So now they're just hearing it a second time. They're already losing interest. So um, if if you need to put so put as few words up there. Put put a picture, and so like if if. I've, I'll do that. If I'm talking about Winston Churchill, maybe I may put a picture of Churchill, but then I tell now if he uh, if I, I want to quote him and I want to put a one sentence quote up there, I don't need to say it necessarily. Just put it up there and they can read it for themselves. Um, and he'll he'll say things like don't use bullet points. Don't don't have slides with just all these bullet points with text. And he, he's kind of he, he has some humor there. He says bullets belong to belong in the godfather avoid them at all costs <laughs> says uh and so he has a number of things one of the big uh, questions of course is should you memorize your talk uh and he he'll say like there's more there's not just one way to give a good talk so they have their preferred method what they would prefer that you do yeah but then he'll say then he'll give you examples where people didn't do that and it was an awesome talk nonetheless but their preference is to know your talk so well. Basically, what they want you to do is to memorize the talk so you know it that well. But then they don't necessarily want you to recite the talk. They, you, you can. Yeah. But if you've got it all in your head, you know everything in the, the right flow. You can be a little spontaneous as you go, but but you, you feel much more comfortable. You're 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 not going to worry about oh I forgot what that second point was or I I, I was going to say something here I can't remember what that was and. So they, as a sort of a safety blanket, they would encourage you to do that. Now, I've never memorized a talk that I've ever given, but uh, there have been some where I've really, re- I've talked it through, and you talk it through enough times, you pretty well, you start to ha- say something, you know, certain key phrases. It's not, yeah. I, I found that with a good spe- uh, speech, you, you've got to nail certain key statements so that it clearly says what you want it to say, and, and you gotta get those clear statements right. Um, oftentimes what happens though, is that it's in the transitions that really get you, uh, you may have three or four points you want to make, but it's introducing the first point. It's connecting the points that can be a real challenge. And that's where you get the dead space and, the uh, ums and, and so on, where you're, you're trying to figure out how to get to the next point. So if you've memorized it and you memorize the key points, maybe memorized a couple of transitional sentences, then he says, you can get up there and the 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 fewer actual notes in your hand the better they don't of course eye contact is really important so yeah. you don't want to be looking down and they also just prefer for TED talks that you don't have any podium or anything because they don't want you to have notes so they just want you to stand there with nothing separating you and the audience which could um, be 
probably pretty terrifying. Yeah, are, yeah well, I mean, there are literally... There's a podium you can kind of hide behind. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, there's, I mean, speakers will literally hide behind people. that You can't see my knees knocking because I'm behind this big wooden pulpit. So, uh, And so they say the, the vulnerability is is key, authenticity, where you're, there's nothing separating you, you're being honest. And even if you mess up, like even if you get up there and then you forget what you were going to say, they said it's, it's better just to admit it, you know, admit that, oh, my mind just went blank. Has that ever happened to you? Just, just go ahead and be kind of authentic and down to earth and fess up. And they said, or maybe your throat gets dry and you have to stop and get a drink of water. And uh, he gives some examples of just sort of ways you can kind of joke about it and admit what's happening. And he said, most of the time, audiences will love you all the more for just being candid and honest. And they'll see you as a real person and yeah. not just a perfect kind of speaker that always says everything professionally. Uh, they talk about dress, what to wear, um, and just a lot of different, uh, very good, I, I, very practical ideas yeah. of uh, uh, background. He says about one third of all their speakers uh, don't even use any PowerPoints at all. And those are mm. still really good talks. I, you know, he says several things that I immediately recognize. I've just learned myself. He says that stories are very powerful, and the best stories are stories that are told from personal experience. And and he also advocates humor. He he says humor is a great tool. Most of the really good talks have had humor spread or laced through it. Some just almost. Some of the most popular talks. One, one person did a talk on laughter, and and of course you just if, if no one laughs in an, an entire talk on laughter, you've you've missed the boat. And so, well, what uh, if it's a serious talk about laughter? <laughs> so he says uh, the best kind of humorous story is a hilarious but true story about you or someone that you know. He also yeah. says if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna tell a story about yourself, and maybe it's a more painful one, don't tell more than what you've processed. And I've always encouraged this too. Uh, it, if you're a pastor or something, it's okay to tell a story where you, you struggled or you failed, but if, you, if you've never recovered from it, or if you haven't found answers yet, yeah. maybe it's, that story's not ripe yet. You wait until you've gotten to the other side and you've, you, you can tell the full story uh, when you when you just are in the midst of angst and problems, then sometimes that just leaves people thinking less of you. Uh, and and then of course there's just avoid just the awkward things. And he gives examples of people who literally got up and said, "Well, as I was driving down here, I was thinking about what I should say." <laughs> and, it's like, and oh course, boy, that means that you've not even thought enough and aren't prepared enough. You coming down there you still weren't even sure what you're going to say and, and so of course don't just cut all of that awkward preamble out uh, and have thought enough that you know and and the probably the best talks i've given are ones where i basically know the first sentence i'm going to say I've, I've i've thought about enough to say how do i want to begin because if i can cut past all those awkward trying to get started kinds of I don't, I don't stuff. normally do this or yeah I'm really nervous today as you could tell or I'm not I'm a not, great public not speaker public spe yeah all <laughs> that kind of stuff you're just immediately alerting people that not to expect much of your talk yeah and so cut all that out and and so the best way to do that is identify an opening sentence that when you get up uh, and you don't have to immediately just 
go 90 miles an hour. You can, you can walk up and take a moment just to look out on the audience, take a deep breath, and then say that opening sentence that gets you right into your topic. So lots and lots of uh, really practical stuff, I think, throughout this book. Uh, if, you're, if you're just giving a talk to a handful of staff or any kind of setting where you want to communicate an idea, I think it'd be worth reading that book. Well, good. Well, let's take a quick break here, and uh, we'll wrap up when we come back. Twice a year, Blackaby Ministries hosts a spiritual leadership coaching workshop in the Atlanta area. The focus of this workshop is learning how to ask the right questions to help move people onto God's agenda. The next workshop is October 26th and 28th, and registration is open now. The early bird rate is available until September 26th, and space is limited. To find out more and to register, visit blackabycoaching.org. Links will be in the show notes. Richard, this uh, I, I'm actually interested to read this book now uh, that we've been talking about it for a few minutes here, um, and and on the topic of of giving talks of public speaking, uh, obviously this is something that you have been doing for a long time, yeah. and I thought maybe just as we wrap up here, um, one, yeah, definitely pick up the book TED Talks by Chris Anderson. We'll leave links to that in the show notes. But what are some things that I'm I'm sure this stirred some. Uh, some points in your own mind, uh, yeah. things that you've learned uh, through through public speaking, and so maybe let's just uh, we'll conclude our time with some of your takeaways. Yeah, in fact, it's interesting because this week I've spoken 24 times publicly, and so wow. um, I'm at, I'm a little worn out from public speaking, of course. And he would say this when you when you're talking that many times, you can't. You can't memorize all those talks. Right. If you're going to give one TED talk every four years, you can really prepare, time. and you're and, uh, <laughs> trying to go for a million views. But, but for a lot of us, you you can't put that much time in. But there's some principles I think that are are great. I, I and I, I kind of touched on this before the break, but just avoid the preambles. Cut through all the apologies. I'm not a public speaker, as we were talking about. Cut all that out. Just. You, you, just for, for length of time, just, if you save ten minutes of the talk, they're gonna all they're gonna have really heard are the the meat of what you want to say, and those preambles just tend to distract and to actually hurt your talk and your credibility. Yeah. So, cut all the preambles up. Know what you're gonna say. If you're a pastor, know the first sentence you're gonna say when you step in the pulpit, and then believe your material. If you don't believe what you're saying, don't talk about that. Find something that you yeah. can say passionately because. Passion is uh, contagious, and if yeah. you really believe your talk, that's the funny thing is that you have people at TED Talks talking about bacteria or something, but they believe so passionately what they're talking about and how it applies to humanity that they they pull you in. And yeah. so you got to. The last thing you want to do is just be have a passionless talk like uh, Spock on Star Trek or something <laughs> where. He may be well just, just given the facts, but you don't. You, it's not. You're not sure if he cares himself. So if if he doesn't care, why should I care? Um, and and let people uh, connect the dots. Sometimes we overkill. We we. It's good to apply what you're saying, but sometimes you get just too much into people's business, and you can you can assume that these people are so dumb. You've got to get it right down to the lowest level of application. Uh, sometimes it's better, I think, when people connect the dots themselves. And yeah. so you've given the data, you've shown what it would look like and to apply it in, in, in a, a big sense or a specific sense, but then let them uh, start to do some of that connecting themselves. Of course, uh, dress professionally, and, and uh, that may not that doesn't necessarily mean a suit and tie if you're a man, uh, a real formal dress if you're a woman, but 
Um, it, it just means that you look sharp, you're well-groomed. It means that you, you respect the audience enough to take care of yourself. To make that, an effort. To, to look your best. And I would just say, my own experience, I think for most of our listeners, when someone walks on stage and they look well-groomed, well-prepared, everything's in place. I, I mean, I've had, I've done this, uh, where you walk out and in your haste, you you know, you've got your your your, your cuff of your pants tucked into your sock or something. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, he may be brilliant, might be Einstein, but you're, you can't help but notice this guy looks goofy right now. And yeah. so don't just eliminate any of those little peripheral things that would take away from a really important thing that you might have to say. You know, and it's funny because so many people will say, oh, well, those are just sort of, you know, secondary things. But I think it, it's all setting the stage for what it is you're trying yeah. to communicate. Yeah. And if it, if it's a, if it's a, a blockage for someone to hear the message you're trying to give, then deal with it. Yeah. And I think you, uh, now he says an interesting thing. He says, people are naturally cautious about opening up their minds, the most precious thing they own to complete strangers. You need to find a way to overcome that caution. And so Mm -hmm. that's why humor is really good. If you can get someone laughing, I mean, they've never met you before. They don't know you, but you've just got them to laugh. And, And now the walls have already started coming down. It was interesting. I spoke uh, at a church about two weeks ago, and I, I flew down to Florida the night before to speak, and uh, I, I went out for dinner with some of the people who were going to be there the next day. And one guy actually said to me over dinner, he said, I've never met you before, but he said, I I uh, looked on YouTube, and I, I listened to four of your your sermons, your talks, uh, just this week, so I'd know who you were, what you were like. And then, of course, he he never mentioned one point I made in any of those talks. He starts mentioning <laughs> stories I told. I yeah. love that story you told about your wife or your son or whatever. And so that just immediately, he, we're total strangers. But he almost felt like he's a friend now because he's heard some stories about my life. So yeah. think about before you get right to the guts of what you're going to say, make sure that you've made a connection with the audience first. And then now they're ready to hear the hard stuff you have to say. So you kind of want to, your your main point needs to be a little bit further back where you've had time to build bridges first. So Hmm. think in terms of building a bridge and that may just be you being authentic. It might be poking fun at yourself for a moment. It might be just saying something nice about the audience or their city that you're in or their church you're in. Um, And that now they, now they're willing to give you a hearing and you get to the the main point. And maybe the last uh, thing or so, just to say, don't put yourself down and don't put your talk down. I, I hear people will get up to speak and they'll say, well, I'm probably the last person who should be talking about this or I, <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm not an expert on this, but, and y- 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 the last thing you want to do is cause people to have less confidence in you. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't have to blow your own horn. You don't have to say you're the best person to talk about it, uh, but just don't say needless things that causes people to question, well, then why am I sitting here giving up the next 45 minutes to listen to you if you even acknowledge yourself that you're not really the one who should be giving this talk? So just get up and realize for that moment, you, you're the guy. Whether they, you're the best person or not, it's you. So get up there and just go for it and don't apologize for being that person or for not being the most brilliant person in that field on the planet. Just It's you. So Get up there and give it your best shot. And then lastly, just watch for the bad habits that always drift in. I've got, I've got bad habits. I, if I, some, for some people, it's saying um a lot. 
And, and whenever you're saying, um, what it is, is it's usually in those transition times. It's where they've said one thing, they need to move on to the next thing, but they don't know how to transition. So that's their way of thinking. It's like, yeah, a, it's a noise that happens while someone is trying to it's, process it's, or think about the, the next computer word. screen. It's that little round circle that keeps <laughs> circling around. It, you, yeah. It's processing, processing it's, um, 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 and then, okay, now I know what to say. Yeah. And so uh, that's a, that's a bad one for me. It's typically, I'll say, you know, you know, and it's completely unnecessary to say that. It's just my way of really holding a space yeah, there. They're, they're filler, filler yeah. words or and sounds. We, and, and I, I speak professionally. I speak probably uh, 250, 300 times every year. And, and yet still I, I'll notice. And especially if I, maybe I haven't for this particular talk, I haven't had time to prepare as well. I haven't worked on the transitions as much. Uh, I, if I listen to a recording of myself, I'll, it'll, it'll just be agonizing. I'll think, ah, I, I'd let, you know, I, and, and the thing is one talk, I might not say it the entire talk because I know what I want to say. I've worked on the points and, and so on. I've got the outline down. And then another talk, you're just, you're winging it just a little bit. Yeah. And so that's when those lazy words start coming in. And that's why it's really good just to listen to yourself, watch yourself, yeah. and watch for those bad as, habits. As cringy as it is. Oh, it's, like it's it, agonizing. Nobody like, likes to watch think, or listen to themselves. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hades will probably be you having just watch yourself speak oh, in front yeah. of people. But, uh, so, but, but it's worth the effort. And I'm not saying you've got to be a professional speaker, that you've got to go out on the circuit and start uh, giving TED Talks every year. But if you've got anything worth saying that you want other people to understand and grasp and apply, it's worth learning how to share that idea as compellingly and clearly uh, as you possibly can. Well, I love that. And this is uh, certainly a fascinating book. And there's so many takeaways that you can apply on small scales and, and large scales yeah. uh, in your leadership. And I think for me, the one of the big takeaways is if you're going to communicate effectively, it's going to take effort mm -hmm. to to hone that talk, to hone whatever that medium of communication is. And so it's always fun to to go through these books with you, Richard. Uh -huh. And uh, thank you for, for taking us through this one. Uh, as always, we'll leave links to this in the show notes. TED Talks by Chris Anderson. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.